If you have a Bible or you want to look up on your phone, uh, turn to the book of Jude, which is right before Revelation, one short letter, 20, um, five verses. And we've been kind of working our way through uh, the book of Jude, which we'll do um, for a few more weeks. This morning, we're going to look at Jude uh, verses 11 through 16, but I'm going to read verses 3 through 4, and then read 11 through 16. Jude was written by Jesus's half-brother who did not believe in Jesus until after the resurrection. After the resurrection, he he trusted in Jesus, and he loved this church, and he loved these people, and that's why he was writing this book, and he wanted to, he loved salvation, and he wanted to write about salvation, but there was false teachers that had come in and were amongst the church, and he was warning them to contend for the faith. And it's a challenge, and it's an encouraging book that sometimes can get neglected. And so we're going to look at Jude, verses 3 through 4 and 11 through 16. It says this, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were destined for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11, woe to them. For they will walk in the way of for they walk in the way of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts. As they feast with you Without fear, shepherds feeding themselves waterless clouds, swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars, for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, The Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all, to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, thanks for this little book of Jude. Thanks, Holy Spirit, for your help. And I pray that you would just, Holy Spirit, just teach us this morning, encourage us, open our eyes to what we need to see. And I pray that you would uh, just guide us, just remove every distraction for us, and just give us a love for your word. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I mean, whoa. That was, that was probably very mildly what um, many people about 10 years ago said who had contributed to Bernie Madoff's uh, financial funds and started to find out that uh, they were, had been ripped off. It was a major Ponzi scheme. And I'm sure they started to get their financial situations, started to get their paperwork. And, and I'm sure they sat at their kitchen tables and started saying, whoa, 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 what's going on here? We, we, we don't have this money. And then it turned to, whoa, 
with anger to Bernie Madoff and to all those who would, who, who would take from them and connive them and trick them. People that knew him well and people who he said he was friends with. He drew into his Ponzi scheme and they thought he was a safe person and he wasn't. And whoa! And even today, people don't like to be duped. Nobody likes to be duped. And there's whole companies now that help us not be duped. Right after the Parkland shootings in Florida, little things started coming out on people's social media sites that were fake and not true and put in there to deceive people. And we know that there's been outside forces trying to deceive government issues. And the question is, I don't want to be duped. So we have to ask ourselves, how much is what I read and see fake? And how would I know if I'm being manipulated? And what would it look like for me to, to be tipped off, that, that I'm being duped to something. That's what Jude's doing in this book for the church. He's saying, he's saying there's been people who've come in. They've crept in, and they're amongst you in the church, and they're duping you. And his response to them was the same response Jesus would give to the, to the Pharisees when he would talk to them. Woe! Woe to you! And he says in verse 11, woe to them, these people who have crept in. God takes, from Jude, we can see that God takes sin very seriously, and then God judges ungodliness and ungodly people. That was his sermon from last week. Job took uh, groups of people from the Old Testament, and he said, hey, these people, these groups of people who are even the people of God, God judged them for their sin. And then he does another three groups of three, in this section where he, he uses individual peoples. But there is a call in this little sermon, in these verses of Jude. There's a, a composite of people to see who are trying to dupe you. And there is, he gives a concluding illustration. These people are slick that have come into this church in Jude's time. I mean, it says they snuck in. I mean, they, 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 they've, they've crept in. And they use dreams, it says. That they, that it says in like manner, these people are relying on their dreams. They defile the flesh. And they, they, were, they were coming in saying, hey, you don't have to follow what Jesus says. You can live your life however you want. Grace is grace. Be free to be immoral because there's more grace available. And, and God said that's not true. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, Moses writes to, this, to the people of Israel and he says this, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. It's pretty much the same thing Jude says to these people. He says in verse 8, Yet in like manner, these people relying on their dreams, defiling the flesh, rejecting authority, denying who God is, that they've crept into the church. They're slick. And he wants us to be aware. False teachers have always been in the church and will continue 
to be in the church. That's how the Bible talks about things. We don't talk about things that way, but that's how the Bible talks about things. And he says, they're sleek, they're slick, they snuck in, and Jude wants us to be able to, he wanted these people, and he wants us to be able to, to have the sight to see them, and also the steps to avoid being them. So that we don't get led away. And last week, in his little group of three, it was groups of people who did it. And this week, he goes next into individuals. It's like a a little sermon. He he takes three points and three groups of people, Cain, Balaam, and Korah. Three notorious characters in the Old Testament that Jude uses to call our attention to caution and to check your heart and check your heart's character to make sure that you aren't being duped and then you're not heading in a way where you would dupe other people spiritually. And so I would put positively the first call. He says, they have. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain. I would say it this way for us positively. There's a call, when we look at the life of Cain, there's a call to faithfulness. It says, for they walked in the way of Cain. This past person, Cain, if you go back to Genesis chapter 4, he's, he's the first one that comes up. He, he goes, Genesis chapter 4, most people know who Cain is. He was the first murderer that we all know about. And it says in Genesis chapter 4, Jude reaches back and says, hey, these people that walked in, be very careful because they're, they're walking the way of Cain. Remember Cain? Genesis 4 says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And his face fell, and the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. God created Adam and Eve. He created Cain. He taught them. And, and, and when Jude talks about these characters, they, they knew the Old Testament, but they also knew the traditions of, that had followed from that, other literature that people had talked about these events and that they had with them. And God called Cain and Abel to a way to life. And Cain was, God was very clear with them. They knew what they were supposed to do. They knew they were supposed to bring their best to God. They, they knew that. It wasn't a surprise to Cain. He wasn't shocked by that. And, and Cain, though, became very complacent. He just said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he brought what he wanted to bring to God. God rejected his offering. And Cain's angry with God. But notice what God did in verse 5. After this. Look, notice how God came to Cain. The Lord said to Cain, why, why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? I mean, Cain, just go back, do what I asked you to do, and everything's going to be fine. If you do well, will you not be accepted? I'm not rejecting you, Cain. Just do well. But if you don't, Sin is crouching at the door and it wants to devour you. It's your choice, Cain. God was very gracious to to Cain. He explained to them, again, he was very careful 
And then Cain had to come to his own conclusion. And Cain decided not to be faithful. He decided to go his own way. Walked in, had a conversation with his brother, killed him. But as the tradition of Cain's life followed on, Cain is known in the Jews as, he was just this, this epitome of the faithless one. He was faithless. Someone wrote about him later, there is no judgment. This was Cain's view. There was no judgment. This is how the Jews would have read about him. No judge, he thought. No reward to come. No reward will be given to the righteous and no destruction for the wicked. Cain just decided, you know, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to walk my way. I, I don't care how gracious God is to me. I don't care how many times God's given me another opportunity to do it the right way. I don't want to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. And Cain was marked and judged for his sin. And Jude says, hey, woe, woe to these people that have come into your church for, for, the, for their walk in the way of Cain. They're like people who are choosing what they want about God's word when they want it. And they want to change God's word when they want to change it. And God says, don't do that. The point is, we can't choose what God's word is to us, and we can't change what God's word is to us. We're called to be extremely careful. We're called to faithfulness. So when you notice and see people who are taking the word of God and like changing it to make it fit what they want to feel and believe, mark them because they're going the way of Cain. And when you see people who are taking God's word and want to change it to fit their preference, mark them because they're walking the way of Cain. And then avoid that by being faithful. Choose faithfulness. The way you're faithful is by being very careful. It's through carefulness. It's choosing to be, to the best of your ability, be careful with the Word of God. And to be careful with the things that God says. It's a call to faithfulness. And you're not being faithful if your life aligns with all the norms of this culture. You're not following Christ. And if you're changing or ignoring the calls of Christ to match the culture, you're not following Christ. We can't be. Jesus calls us to be counterculture people. And if everything in your life just aligns with everything the culture says, that's not the way Christ walked and lived. It's not being faithful. It's, it's, it's walking in the way of Cain. And, and the call for us is to see it. And the step for us is to be very careful and to walk in faithfulness and to, to desire faithfulness. It, it, it's a call. Cain was the epitome of a faithless one. And he was judged by God for it. And then he says, not only are they walking the way of Cain, and there's a call to faithfulness, he says, and they have abandoned themselves 
for the sake of gain to Balaam's error. You can read about Balaam in the Old Testament in, in Numbers chapter 22 through Numbers chapter 31. Balaam is most famous when you read the story for his donkey talking to him. He was the one who was, he, he was, he was this, this somehow prophet. People would, things would come to him and he would see things and, and people would say, hey, I, want, I, I need some help. And so he believed in God. As you read the story, he's an interesting character. If you go back and read it this afternoon, Numbers 22 to Numbers 21, Balaam's this guy who the, the people of Israel came and they, they were wandering around in the wilderness and other nations saw them getting bigger and they like, we wanted, we need help. And so they went to Balaam, Moab did, and said, hey, make a curse. Curse the nation, the people of Israel, so they don't wipe us out. And Balaam, the Bible says, was a guy given to, to money and gain and given to sensuality. And so he was, he was like, he could be bought. And at first, he, he didn't decide that he wasn't going to do it. He listened to God. Then he rejected it. He goes riding off, and, and the angel of God stands in front of him, and he can't see it. And he's beating his donkey, and his donkey talks to him. But the Bible says this is what they did. They abandoned themselves for the sake of gain, gain to Balaam's error. What they did was Balaam was just a guy who could be bought. He was arrogant. He didn't think he had to listen to God. He, he think he could just say what he wanted to say. And even though he was prevented from cursing them. Later on, it says that his way of destroying them was he told the people of Israel, hey, just go be immoral sexually with these people. So the, 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 the error of Balaam was he loved stuff and sensuality. He liked cash and carnality. He wanted more income, and it was all for immorality. That, that was Balaam's bare error. That, that's, what he, that's what he wanted. And that's what these people were doing when they came into Jude. They, they were coming to this church. They were saying, no, whatever God says doesn't matter. No matter how you want to live doesn't matter. Live however you want. And, and Jude says, woe to them. That, that's what Balaam did. Balaam was a guy who could be bought. He didn't think he had to listen to anybody. He was self-indulgent. Just he indulged himself. And the way you get that way is you just start resisting God. God says no to something. You just say, ah, you know, come on. Just maybe once. Then you do it. You start making this your life. And then you just kind of start rationalizing it. You know, that's a little immorality. Come on, it's just sex. What's, what is it? Just a little pornography? It doesn't really matter. Everybody else is doing this. You just kind of rationalize it. And eventually, you're ruined. That was the, they abandoned themselves to the sake of Balaam's error. And it's not just big things. It's, it could be little things that we start to resist God and rationalize, rationalize sin and, and, and can ruin us. C.S. Lewis, in his little book, Screwtape Letter, he was taking the angle of this older demon talking to this younger demon, and Screwtape was trying to coach the younger demon how to trick Christians. And he, he wrote this letter to Wormwood, and he said, and he's saying, Screwtape, the, the, the older demon, writing to Will Wormwood, the younger demon, you will say that these are very small sins. You know, the younger demon's thinking, I've got to really expose people, make it, make it big. Big splash. 
And he says, you will say that these are very small sins, and doubtless, like all young tempters, you are anxious to be able to report spectacular wickedness. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. That's what Balaam did. He gradually walked and abandoned himself to self-indulgence. He resisted God. He rationalized sin, and he was ruined. And Jude says, this is what's happened to these people who are coming into your church, telling you to live how you want. They've abandoned themselves to this. So, so when you see it, see it. And then don't be that way. And so the step you need is to be very, very, very cautious and content. You know, who, who are you serving with your life? As you, as you go through your life, as you're living your life now, are you, are you cautious? Or is it just all about gain and income? And what makes me feel good and what makes me feel happy? That's what killed and destroyed Balaam. He wasn't content. I mean, he had a good gig going. People would come to him and they would, he, was, he had a good thing going. It was going well for him. But he wanted more. He wanted more and he wasn't content with just what he had. So the step, very cautious. So who are you serving? Are you, are you self-indulgent or selfless? God says you can't serve God and men. Who's your master? Who is the Lord of your life? If you want to avoid this, be very cautious and learn to be content it's so a call to selflessness, call to faithfulness. And then he says, these are, and, and then the third one is, and they perished in Korah's rebellion. Woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain. They've abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, and they perish in Korah's rebellion. This is a call, positively, I would say, to surrenderedness. Korah was a Levite in Numbers chapter 16. You can read it, Numbers chapter 16, 1 through 4. He, the, the people of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness. That they, Moses had laid down here. This is what God says. Here's the authority. This is how we follow the structures. This is the way God said things had to be done. And Korah and about 250 others said, you know, I don't like that. And Korah's like mumbling and complaining, grumbling. You think Moses, who, who do you think he is telling us what to do? How can he be the guy in charge? I should be in charge. We're all the people of God. We should be able to say what we want to say, do what we want to do. That was Korah. And he's grumbling and he comes to Moses and he says, now, we, we are all the people of God. Who made you in charge of us? And Moses steps back, and he says, tomorrow we'll see. And you can read it in Numbers chapter 16. And Korah and 250 people who rejected God's authority, the earth opened up, and they were swallowed and died and judged instantly. And Jude's telling this church of people, or people had snuck into them, and he's saying, I want you to see this. Watch out for people who have gone and perished in Korah's rebellion, who, are, who go in the way of Korah, who, who like to cause division for division's sake, who, 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 who don't think there should be under an authority, 
who don't want to follow the authority that God designed. And the step is that they'll be judged for that. They perished in Korah's rebellion. Judah's saying, this is going to happen to people who try to pervert the gospel and who try to corrupt the church and try to infiltrate it and cause these things. We can have confidence that God's going to judge this just like he did them. And it's a clear and certain caution that those who try to dilute who Jesus Christ is, corrupt the gospel, deny what God demands, will be judged. It's a clear caution. David Helm wrapped it up, I thought, well, when he said this. This is how we should hear this. Beloved, hear me on this. These people today who pervert the gospel, these church leaders who reject God's word, these preachers who are out for your money, these pastors who permit you to have both Jesus and sensuality, these upstarts who level any notion of ecclesiastical authority have already perished long ago. They died with Korah. Watch out. Be careful. Their ways are deadly. That's what he's calling them to. He gives these three examples. Then Then he goes into this... Unbelievable composite drawing of what they look like. He says they, they're hidden reefs at their, their love feast. I mean, they're, they're shepherds that feed themselves. They're waterless clouds. They're swept along by winds. They're fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead. They're, they're wild waves of the sea causing foamy piles. All these metaphors on top of each other. And he wants you to get a very clear composite drawing of what these false teachers are. And he says they're like hidden rocks. They're in the church. These are people that, 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 that do communion with you, that, that showed up at your house for life group. They show up at your, at your fellowships and they, they hang out with you. They don't look bad. They look like nice people, he's saying. But this is what they are. They're, 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 be very careful because they're hidden rocks. They're hidden reefs. They're, they're hopeless. They're like shepherds feeding themselves. I mean, that, that's hopeless for sheep. They're harvestless. They're, they're like trees that are dead with no, no fruit on them at the end of the season. They're like waves that just foam and show their shame. And you know what happens when wave upon wave comes up? It brings garbage from the ocean and it throws it out there. It just throws it out there. They, 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 they heap up garbage and trash. And they're like, they're like bright lights. You know, they're, they're here and this is going to change the world and things are going to be different and then they're gone. They're like shooting stars. Or meteors. And Jude says, don't be duped. Don't dupe yourself or others. And if you're wondering, man, am I heading that way? Is my spiritual life taking a turn in a way that is leading me away from the gospel, leading me away from what God has called me to do? In some ways, verse 16 gives a helpful little check. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They're loud mouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. Check your heart. Is any of that the direction your life is going? Be very careful, Jude would say. And then he closes it with this concluding illustration. In verse 14, he, he, he mentions this book of Enoch which still people talk about today. I was watching the, Heart, the History Channel on Friday and they brought up the book of Enoch, ancient a- astronauts, alien astronauts love this stuff. 
But this was all literature that was going on in the day that people would have read at that same time. And they would have, they would have read the Bible, they read the Scripture, and they found all these other little literature things. And Jude does what pastors do. We watch the news, we read stories, and we think, that's a great illustration. I'm going to use that Sunday. And so Jude's going through saying, this is what these people do. And he goes, just like you all read the book of Enoch, just like it says in your own liter- literature that you do. It says that the seventh from Enoch, behold, he comes with 10,000 to execute judgment on all those who are ungodly and they're ungodly and they're ungodly and they're ungodly and he pulls from their own literature and says listen it's not true that you can just live however you want even your own literature that you all read says that there are ungodly people that there's ungodliness that's going to be judged the godly ungodliness will be judged it's not true that god just loves everybody and is just going to let everything go okay he loves everyone but he's going to judge sin. God is very serious about sins. And he says, look, your own literature that you all read says the exact same thing. So don't be that way. But what he says is be like Enoch, who the Bible says Enoch walked with God and he was not. He walked with God because God cares for those who will follow him. And no matter what situation of your life is, whether the temptation of your life is, God would say, be faithful. God would say, be selfless. God would say, be surrendered fully to be. Be like Enoch. And yet, better yet, be like who Enoch pointed to. Be like Jesus, who couldn't be bought who was unbelievably faithful to God's, to the Father, who was selfless for us who are sinners, and who surrendered himself fully and went to the cross for us so that we can have hope and resurrection. Don't be duped. Check the course of your faith and continue in faithfulness. Are you careful spiritually? Are you contented in a way that is correct? And are you committed completely to Christ? Check your heart. Don't be duped. Let's pray.